enhances your working life, a show that provides you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. I'm Caroline Dowd-Higgins. I'm a speaker and career and leadership coach, and today I welcome back Charlie Dupree. Charlie, welcome back. Thanks. It's good to be with you. I am delighted that you're back, and we're going to have a great conversation today, and you're going to discuss how we compare our lives careers and relationships with others and how to change this behavior with self-care. So Charlie, let's start right there. Tell me a little bit more. We, we compare ourselves to other people in our lives. We all do it, consciously or not, whether it's about careers or relationships. And we, we all know this isn't productive, but we do it. What are your, your thoughts on that? And I know you uh, shared last time some powerful thoughts about meditation. How does that play a role? Yeah, I'm, I'm basically here to talk to you about how meditation can improve our relationships with self, with uh, neighbor, uh, with planet, uh, and I, I'm particularly interested in how meditation can help us in the workplace, uh, because I think a lot of people think that meditation is only there for individual self-care, but um, you know we we can take it into the workplace, and I I think that's where we do a lot of our um, kind of competitive work, if you will. Uh, and you're right, we we started doing it as kids growing up, and then. Um, it's just one of those things that we do. Uh, one of my instructors says that competition is a, a form of anger. Wow. Yeah, and I think that's a really interesting uh, perspective uh, on on competition because when we're com- competitive with others, we're 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 kind of violent to ourselves. Uh, we're saying that we are not good enough or that we should be something else. And at the same time, we, you know, we can come after people and want to take yeah. them down, right? And, and we don't want to see them flourish and we don't want to see them thrive. And, I, and that's where meditation comes in for me because it allows us to, number one, look at that and identify it and say, hey, this is real and it's not serving me well. So, um, you know, we, we use meditation to, to be intentionally aware of what's going on within us and around us. And so the competition factor uh, happens within us and around us. And so meditation provides that space where we can look at it um, and, and hopefully do something about it. Charlie, I want to take that a a step further because I'm intrigued by that concept of competition. Frankly, it really gave me pause when you just said that uh, as competition is a form of anger. So let's let's change that slightly. And let me ask, I I happen to coach, uh, career coach folks who are professional athletes, and I'm not coaching them in an athletic sense, but but helping them find focus beyond their their sport, if you will, in, in life and career. So my question for that person who's singularly looking to achieve their personal best and swim in their own lane, as it were, how might meditation help them find that inner uh, ability to, to be their very best? Yeah, and you know, I should step back too, because I, I realize that um, we live in a world where competition is is not always a, a violent yeah. thing. You know, it's it's healthy, and I think that's what I'm 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 getting at here is that when competition takes control, 
and and it uh, becomes like this almost addictive thing. I think that's when it when it becomes unhealthy. So I I do think there are very healthy um, uh, forms of competition. Uh, but you know, uh, in terms of like ath- athletes mm-hmm. and in the athletic world, I think meditation again it allows us to um, identify what our triggers are. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it, it can be the places where we're vulnerable and the places where we, we push back, we resist. And um, when we're pushing back and when we're resisting those places, uh, it means that we're not dealing with them. Mm. So I, I would imagine that athletes get hurt when they aren't acknowledging what is doing damage to them, physically yeah. or emotionally. So I think that uh, meditation is is creating that space where you can say, oh yeah, um, this particular thing is is a trigger for me, and I really need to pay attention to that, or else I'm going to end up injured emotionally or physically. Charlie, you say that meditation can help us with creating more generosity for ourselves, and and I love that that term. Go deeper, please, and explain to our our audience what you mean by that. I see a lot of people who are super hard on themselves. Mm. They're super hard on themselves. And again, I know we're, we're dealing with the workplace here, and, and by, by no means am I saying that we should not excel and set the bar higher uh, and, and really do our best and, and give our best. At the same time, I think it's okay for us to say that this, this is what I was able to give today. Mm. And today may not have been my, my best day. Today may not have been my best work, but it's what I had to give today. And uh, meditation helps us realize that no situation is permanent. That that particular day where you you weren't um, you weren't able to give a hundred percent for whatever reason isn't going to be what tomorrow is going to be like necessarily. So if we can give ourselves permission to just have a bad day, have yeah. a a, a sucky day. I, I mean, th- th- there's nothing wrong with that. Um, instead, what we do is layer. I'm guilty of this. Mm. Uh, oh, I had a terrible day. Every day is going to be terrible. <laughs> it's my fault that it's terrible. Oh, I'm so mad at myself for having a terrible day. You know, that's yeah. layering. It's Pile layer, it on. Layer, layer. Yeah. We all do it. And so, Having a having a terrible day is, is bad enough. Just let that be enough and then realize that it's temporary uh, and that nothing is permanent. And, and that's a, a really important um, uh, perspective is that nothing is permanent, even, even a bad day. Mm. And so that's a part of being gentle with ourselves, being generous with ourselves, um, is being able to move through that and, and let it go. And then uh, try to perform uh, better the next day. Now, you brought this to my attention that there's a certain type of meditation called loving kindness meditation, which sounds so beautiful. So tell us more about this and how it works and what kind of mindset it helps us create. Yeah, yeah. And this is awesome. This is just the the best thing. It's called loving kindness meditation. It's about sending goodwill to others. Um, it means benevolence, you know, wishing others well. And, and when we're thinking about competition, um, when we're thinking about balance, equanimity, us being uh, equal to others and others being 
equal to us. Loving kindness meditation is is a really strong uh, tool. And what you do is you you kind of move into your your space of meditation. You know your your pre work, and you kind of get get your thoughts stilled to to the point that you can. And then you it's it's in in four phases. Uh, the first phase is you imagine. Uh, someone that you know, someone that you love, somebody that you're you're very familiar with, and you you imagine them uh, happy. Mm-hmm. You imagine them smiling. You 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 put them in a place that's that's pleasant, a you know a stream or on a beach, and you just imagine them um, thriving and flourishing. And that's easy to do, right? Because we right. know that person. Uh, and then the second step is to imagine somebody that's neutral. Uh, somebody that you don't know well, or but somebody that you kind of encounter every day, like maybe uh, the barista at the coffee shop, mm-hmm. or you know a neighbor that you just know a, a little bit, and you imagine that person in the same situation. They're thriving. They're happy. They're smiling. Um, so that's that's not quite as easy to do. And then the third is you imagine an enemy. You imagine somebody that you're really having a hard time with, uh, and then you wish that person well. You imagine her or him thriving, smiling, uh, really doing well. And this is particularly helpful um, in the workplace because you know we all have those people um, that we bump up against, and we kind of want to throw under the bus every now and then. But you put that person there. Uh, by the waterfall or on the beach, and you just imagine them uh, showered with with beautiful sunshine. Um, And that really allows the feeling of competition or anger or or, uh, imbalance to to release a little bit. And it helps you enter into their headspace and realize that they're a human being and maybe they're going through some stuff that you don't know about. And then the fourth and final step is to to then imagine that that sunshine, that light expanding beyond those three people, kind of taking you in mm. and and moving out, moving out into the world. Um, meditation isn't only about us. It's about wishing others well. And so this this particular uh, meditation practice, Um, hits home in some really important ways. I'm so grateful to to learn about this because my uh, beginner experience as as a meditation practitioner is so new that I was not aware of this. And I had always thought of it as my my own personal inner reflection and focus and and what a gift to be able to focus on others and and share that I'm delighted by that and I'm eager to try it so are all four stages happening in one session as it were Charlie or tell me more about that yeah yeah they happen in one session and and if I'm if I'm leading uh, meditation a meditation practice which I do I will invite the person to to do kind of what I what I just did which is to imagine this person and then I let them sit with that a while, and then imagine the second person, and, and sit with that a while, and then imagine the third person. And what you what you notice is um, your resistance. Mm. You you realize that um, wow, I maybe I don't wish this person well. 
And and that is a wake up call. Yeah, that's a real wake up call. Um, but I swear, the next time you see that person, you'll you'll see her or him differently. Wow, that's lovely. Thank you for that. So, Charlie, I imagine you experience this in your busy life and career. We're all trying to do a lot with our time, and often we feel like we're we're spinning out of control. How do you use meditation to manage the craziness of of everyday life? Because we all experience it. Yeah, you know, I used to be a, a big fan of the to do list, and and I still am, and I, yeah. I still, but I find the need to write the to do lists. Um, uh, less frequent mm. than now that I that now that I meditate because the meditation kind of it it levels out my thinking and my prioritizing in a way um, that just feels really balanced for me and so um, yeah I I have a tendency I think we we talked last time uh, that I'm addicted to protect productivity right I, right. Like, <laughs> I, I hear you I'm right there with you so I I'm a work in progress but I, I have that as well yeah I have multiple project projects going on at the same time and so um, I, sometimes I can wake up and, and my heart's beating fast and I kind of have that inner drive and I'm like okay I feel like I just got to shoot out the door as fast as possible and get mm-hmm. to work um, but I, I stop myself and I meditate and it allows some space between that reactivity. It, it allows me to observe that, um, that, that, that desire to, to get out there and to get going isn't really coming from a healthy place. And uh, so when I meditate, I, I always finish at the end of it. I always feel more relaxed. And I feel like I'm able to identify what's important to me. And I'm able to think uh, more clearly and more methodically. And um, so at the beginning of the day, uh, I, I can't describe it in any way other than it just creates a space, a buffer between me and reactivity. And then I can take that into the workplace and say, you know, we might not be able to get to everything today. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and that's okay. Again, I have perhaps a different work environment than people who do have like things they've got to get accomplished in a day. Uh, but, but meditation allows us to have the space to observe that. And, and I think it's helpful because instead of getting swept away by the, the tidal wave, um, we can ride the wave more skillfully and not get sucked under or not wipe out. Beautifully put, beautifully put. I'm so grateful for your willingness to share the word space, to observe, and to pause. That really resonates with me because my my speed throughout the day is, is often feels like it's on fast forward and, and often uh, just adjusting that opportunity to give myself the grace to have some space uh, can, can be a nice uh, reboot. So thank you for that. Yeah, and you know you're also giving that to other people mm. because they don't know that they too have been swept away by the tidal wave. Ah, okay. You know, they don't know that. And so when they come to you and you're on your own tidal wave and they're on a tidal wave, it's just it's just it's kind infectious. of bad. Yeah. 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 But if, if you're able to go, you know what, let's just um let's think about that and then we'll talk about it and then we'll figure it out. And you give them, you, you kind of hit the brakes for them. And people really appreciate that, and, and they notice. 
Model the way, beautifully put. So I'm sure you experience this in your life. Uh, as a career coach, I see it a lot. A major cause of stress for people is wishing things were different than they are. And I know that uh, you believe that meditation can really help with that and, and help us find appreciation and gratitude. Tell me more. Accepting where you are. Um, again, it's not that we are just a doormat for other people. It doesn't mean that we accept if we're in a really bad situation or a, a harmful situation. Um, but, but meditation helps us to, to really look at, at where we are and what we're experiencing. And hopefully when we come out of that and, and we're, we're strong enough, we can do something about it and move in different directions. I think about, um, I hope you've been able to to see a massage therapist, oh, and they yes. can they can find that place. They can. For me, yes. it's right there by my shoulder blade. And <laughs> That's <laughs> and your if place. They press, yeah. <laughs> if they press on it, I'm like, oh, 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 oh. But they say, now wait, breathe into it, breathe into it, breathe into it, and then eventually it it breaks open a little bit. Yeah. And I think that's the same as those vulnerable, even perhaps painful places in our own psyche uh, that need our attention. Um, it doesn't do us any good to, to avoid those. But when we're strong enough, we can breathe into them and realize that we can do something about those. Um, and, and if that's the way we are, it, it's not permanent. We can move through it. Love it. Charlie, let's talk about self-care. You know, you mentioned massage, and for me, uh, a regular massage is part of my wellness routine and my self-care routine. What kinds of things do you do for self-care, and how might meditation be part of that? Uh, meditation really is my my primary thing right now. I have mm -hmm. a therapist. You know, therapists are really good at, at being observers. Mm-hmm and helping us be observers. So I think everybody needs to be <laughs> in therapy. If um, And I know it's expensive, um, and that's unfortunate, but um, thera uh, a therapeutic relationship has, has always been just a part of, of my own self-care so that I can keep a check on, on what's going on with me. Uh, again, meditation kind of serves as a daily therapy practice because I'm able to stop and look at, at what's going on in and around me and hopefully I can do that in a non-judgmental way. I also work out regularly. Um, uh, it, this is interesting. Here I am talking about all this, you know, non-competitive stuff and I go to a CrossFit gym. <laughs> <laughs> so there's something there, right? <laughs> but, it, yeah, and, but it's and all about all your personal 20, best. Yeah. 23-year-olds around there lifting <laughs> 300 pounds and I'm like, oh, why can't I? So anyway, um, but you know, just yeah, I, I was doing that today. I kind of I walked into uh, the day. I was kind of in a bad mood. And I kind of got in this place where I was just spiraling, and everything was bad. And I went and worked out, and it um, and it really helped me zoom out. And I came back to the office feeling uh, recharged. And that thing that I was so worried about didn't really seem like a big deal anymore. So um, those are the the kind of the physical things that I do, uh, and then of course. Uh, I always reserve time in the evening, hopefully uh, meals with my husband, and he does the cooking, and I just I watch. That's a beautiful thing, right? You can It can be a spectator sport. <laughs> 
Do you meditate at a certain time every day, or, or does it fluctuate based on the day? In the morning, yeah, yeah I get up and um, I usually have a half a cup of coffee just to kind of, um, you know, do a little bit of waking up, okay. and then I I meditate twenty minutes. And that, to me, doesn't seem like a very long time. I started out with like five minutes a day, and then I moved toward 10 minutes a day, then 15, then 20 minutes a day. And I've kind of stayed with that um, for the last six years. That's lovely. And, you know, I, I'm so grateful that you shared the duration of your meditations because often people, especially if they're, they're new to the practice, are fearful that they've, they've got to sit in the lotus position for 60 minutes. And that might work for some, but yeah. it doesn't have to be that regimented, right? You find your own way, and it is a practice. Exactly. And there's so many myths out there about, uh, about meditation. You know, one of the myths is that we have to start with a completely blank slate in mm. our mind. Yeah. But that's just, that's just never going to happen because right. our, our mind is designed to work 24-7. So it's kind of about slowing that or stilling mm. our thoughts a little bit. Um, and there are so many different ways to meditate. There are different um, models and it depends on what you like to do. There's meditation that even involves movement, mm. uh, walking meditation. Um, so I, I would say that if, if there's a person out there who wants to try it, don't just try one way. Um, there are several ways. And try to find somebody who can help you uh, on that journey because it, it is a skill. And as you say, it's a practice. And anything worth practicing um, often involves some sort of teacher. Beautifully put. Charlie Dupree, what a joy to have you back on the show. I learn so much from you every time, and I know our, our global audience does as well. Thank you for coming back. You're very welcome. It was my pleasure. Thank you, my dear. Hey, I want to remind everybody that you have an extraordinary book out there, which is available on Amazon, and the title is Practicing Imperfection, A Priest's Journey Through Meditation, Messing Up, and Ministry. So do check it out. I've read it. It's an extraordinary book. Charlie, take good care. Thanks. Hey, if you like this show, subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud, and even better, leave us a review. And I want to give a special shout out to my extraordinary Your Working Life colleagues, Laura Deck, our Executive Director of Publicity and Communications, and Claire McInerney, our Executive Producer, without whom this podcast would not be possible. Thank you, ladies. You're awesome, and I am grateful for all the work that you do. I'm Caroline Dowd-Higgins. Thanks for listening. <laughs>